Business Rap of the Day. Sixteen minutes it is before eight PM. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro, and uh, we go into our wrap of the top business stories. Bright Kumalo joins me to do this as an analyst at Vestact Asset Management. Bulazi, good evening to you, my brother Wunja. Good evening, good evening. How are you, It's good to be on your show. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for coming through, Bulazi. Uh, just before I guess we get into some of the stories, be it about OPEC, the Land Bank, SAA, First Rand. Just your expectations for the family meeting, which is set to happen in the next 15 minutes. Oh, I have no expectation at this point. I mean, we've read reports, you know, saying that, you know, some uh, South African hotspots or provinces that are troublesome, like the Eastern Cape and the Western Cape, they might be locked in and there might be no travel in and out of there for a period of time. And, you know, there have been proposals uh, by the NCC to actually put... um, you know, liquor out of reach. You know, you can only buy liquor between Mondays and Thursdays or whatever they were, you know, proposing. There's a whole lot of outrageous things. All I think uh, is going to happen is that we need to wait and listen to the men speak and then, <laughs> you know, have a clear understanding of what's going on mm. and stop speculating. Can, can, can we afford those restrictions? Uh, I mean, I, I you guess know that's exactly the question, right? right? So, on this one. Yeah. We can't afford any restrictions <laughs> at this point. It should be every man for himself. But, uh, you know, when it comes to looking after your own health, you're the only person who's responsible to that. If you're not wearing your mask when you're out and about and with people uh, and you're not protecting yourself, <laughs> I guess you, you, know, you know the risk of what you're getting yourself into if you don't mm-hmm. follow those protocols. So, and we're all, you know, people with understanding of what's going on. We've seen people uh, perish because of this uh, virus and this pandemic. So we need to take these things very seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, let's shift our attention to the land bank, uh, Mbulaz. We'll certainly uh, uh, await with uh, great anticipation uh, what uh, the president's going to say just after 8 p.m. But um, just some of your reflections on what's happening at the land bank. Uh, it seems the creditors are getting a bit jittery here and uh, saying uh, to the Treasury, you need to speed up your rescue package here so that uh, we can, I guess, uh, not be the ones who are taking the shave here. What's happening and uh, what are these rumors of a, a potential cross default here? Correct. I mean, so the first, uh, I guess, uh, default of payment happened in April when they couldn't pay, uh, you know, the, the, the land bank's lenders, which is a little bit complex because you would think uh, it doesn't have so many lenders, but actually it does because the money it lends to farmers, etc. actually they get uh, from somewhere else. And obviously it's other through, you know, um, a capital raise, in a form of issuing notes or bonds uh, to companies like Future Growth, which specialize in such things, uh, the Treasury themselves, and obviously other big four banks, uh, you know, etc. Uh, so, but the, the issue here, you know, is because of the default, uh, which was I can't blame COVID for this one because it was long time coming. Uh, the, the balance sheet of the land bank was already shaky even prior to COVID. So I can't really blame everything, in, uh, you know, on COVID, but surely uh, it did uh, accelerate, uh, you know, these defaults that we are seeing now. And obviously, uh, earlier this year, uh, they, they've asked for the cash, and I think they were fronted about 3 billion rands uh, by Treasury, of which, um, obviously, you know, the land bank had to resume interest payments on that, cover all the, its area debts. 
Um, but, you know, like, you know, when your neighbor says, uh, borrow them a thousand rand, they actually need 13,000 rand. They came, they come again next, you know, next month asking for more money from you. They went back to the government to ask for an additional 7 billion rand, uh, which makes me think maybe the hold is around 20, 30 billion rand uh, for these guys to actually get their balance sheet a good mm. reset or a good, you know, steroid shot uh, to actually sure, sure. get back up. Uh, I mean, Bulaz, just just, just a, a question on that score. I mean, I, I guess the, the massive issue here is also the underlying book that they have, uh, which is reliant on the underlying performance of some of the farming enterprises that they that they extend financing to. And, uh, you know, you hear a story now that there's a locust, uh, uh, you know, I don't know what you call these things when locusts just go, a locust uh, outbreak uh, that's plaguing the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You add that infestation to the consistent drought in many parts of the agricultural producing regions of this country. It makes one wonder sort of whether or not that's going to start to balloon uh, that hole that you're talking about there. Look, uh, I I don't have a crystal ball in terms of looking into the future, but uh, what you know from the past and the present is that things are not looking good for the land bank and, you Mm. know, its funders, whether through bonds whether through an equity stake or whether through other forms, uh, everyone, you know, they're at a stalemate essentially right now until more funding comes from either the government or from, you know, the sky like Imana. But uh, something has to happen here, Um, especially considering that not all of uh, these notes are actually guaranteed by government, uh, about 16 billion rands of, uh, this is actually uh, could actually go to zero, and there wouldn't be any repercussions for the land bank. Mm. Uh, and mm. obviously, when I mean no repercussions for them, it means uh, there's no uh, restitution for for the funders. Hmm. Mulaz, let's pause here for a second and uh, take a quick spot break. Uh, when we come back, uh, we'll shift our attention from the land bank to SAA. We'll also take a look at what's been happening in the cartel that sets uh, Brent crude oil prices and uh, also some of the remuneration issues at uh, the AGM of First Round. Stay tuned. This business wrap of the day on Metro FM Talk with Ayabonga Tawe. Six minutes it is before 8 p.m. It's our wrap of the top business stories and I'm with Bright Kumalo from Vestact Asset Management. Bulazi, uh, yeah, let's take a look at what's happening at uh, SAA here. It seems just uh, over 6 billion rand uh, potentially could be raised here with uh, some of uh, what could be sold by way of a stake in the state airliner to resuscitate, uh, I guess, from uh, uh, like a phoenix from the ashes, uh, a new airline. Well, what's happening here? Correct. I mean, so you're talking about the raising of 400 million US dollars from uh, an outside um, equity partner, uh, which is highly unlikely considering the fact that the aviation industry has been hit very hard um, by the COVID-19 pandemic. And, you know, one of the biggest, um, you, you know, I guess you could call it a black swan event uh, for travel. Uh, I don't think anyone has the appetite to actually come and put hard cash uh, in a, a, an airline that has never turned profitable in 10 years, um, you know, in the past 10 years, even during good times. It's, it's going to be very hard to get this equity partner, in my own opinion. Why? Why do you say that? No, because I mean, like you look at uh, a company like, you know, Ethiopian Airlines, who who has expressed interest in in SAA numerous times. The CEO is coming now saying he's not putting any money. 
uh, into SAA. He's not interested mm. in that. Maybe operationally he's willing to help, uh, but they got their own problems because everyone else is trying to save their own airline company. I'm talking about each country out of the hundred and something countries in the world. Mm. They're trying to fix their own airline companies at this point. They don't, you know, they haven't. They don't have enough cash to actually uh, come and save ours. Uh, in return, if I'm making any sense. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah, it's certainly one we're going to watch quite closely because a lot of it now still seems a lot of like speculative suggestions. You know, the banks might come in, so-and-so might come in. It's uh, uh, certainly, I guess, uh, a lot of conjecture and speculation at the moment. And I certainly hope to hear something from the DP and the National Treasury before Christmas. Uh, let's shift our attention to OPEC, uh, where it seems um, uh, there isn't, I guess, any unanimity or consensus around some of the production cuts uh, that are aimed at uh, recovering price conditions for Brent crude oil. Correct. I mean, I read uh, my colleague Paul, uh, my boss Paul, his uh, piece this morning talking about, you know, this peak oil issue that, we, you know, everyone is talking about. I mean, he says uh, it, it back in June 08, uh, you know, oil prices hit, uh, you know, all-time highs at $140 a barrel, you know, Something that makes you wonder. It's about four times, sorry, three times uh, where, where you know, the, the, the current price is today. And obviously the concerns back then is that, you know, uh, you've got Chinese industrialization that's utilizing all the commodities and oil was in high demand and, you know, all the easy oil uh, was running out. And, you know, the mm. things like fracking were coming, uh, you know, um, left, right and center with America's success. Uh, in places like Texas, for example, with the frackers, if you read the frackers book, uh, everything was happening for oil and all of those Middle Eastern countries were printing money like crazy. So, and then obviously a few months later, the financial crisis happened, oil crashed to around $42 uh, a barrel. This was obviously literally, I think a month or two after uh, Cecil, for example, hit all-time highs and made that BE deal uh, that didn't go so well because the oil price took a while to get out of you know mm, uh, that rut. Mm. Uh, but then again, yeah. um, you fast forward to 2020, you know things like oil. Oil is like a dirty word today. Uh, everyone is environmentally concerned for right reasons, and oil is seen as a, you know dirty energy source, and everyone is focusing their energies uh, towards you know renewable energy. Uh, this brings us to peak oil, right? The conversation of peak oil, uh, meaning basically oil production will be declining from now on going mm. forward. And obviously we've seen the same Middle Eastern uh, countries uh, that benefit mostly from oil moving actually away from oil to things like financial services uh, sure, and sure. providing you know other services to ensure uh, you know that they diversify themselves out of oil. I mean, one of the biggest producers, when you look at oil, is Saudi Arabia, which is responsible for 17.2% mm. of the world's oil. Iran, about 9%. Iraq, 8.5%. Kuwait, 5.9%. All of those companies, uh, so all of those uh, countries are actually moving slowly yeah, away from oil. Yeah. Obviously, it's not going to be but, easy for them, uh, but yes, uh, yes. It, 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 that's what's happening. But it, when when you come back to now putting it into uh, businesses that are, you know, suffering mm. the most. It's, uh, you know, Exxon Mobil, for example, sure, B sure. BP, Cecil, they're all Bulaz, in the doghouse. Yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely. And uh, I mean, just with that transition happening, Bulaz, it's uh, certainly also going to have extensive implications for other fossil fuel type uh, uh, you know, uh, energy sources. But uh, just for the 30 seconds that we have, because I know the president's supposed to be on now uh, in the next uh, few seconds or so. 
What happened at the first round AGM? Less than 60% of shareholders voting in favor of that remuneration implementation plan. It seems that it's uh, aimed at shouldering, I guess, some of the impact that uh, many executives would feel on the downside, uh, on the back of some of the long-term incentives they've gone into. Correct. So um, the reason why they're getting COVID bonuses uh, is because uh, the share price has done badly and obviously uh, the, the previous bonuses are not going to hit the price that was set in and everyone is grumbling. But I thought the, the role of management was not to do better than shareholders, right? was to do good, create value, so everyone benefits on the upside. But here, management is, is trying to be, you know, to, to be scheming, uh, to, for a lack of a better word, to actually put themselves first before shareholders, and it's not good. Mm. And we've seen Tracy Davies and other um, uh, activist investors actually put it quite nicely in yesterday's AGM, asking the tough questions of, you know, um, are they not rent seekers, for example? Why are they putting themselves before shareholders? And what about actually focusing on the actual business, trying to recover that and then benefit on the upside? Um, mm, which mm. they've failed dramatically to actually answer any of those questions and we're still waiting on them to come out with the same announcement to answer those two questions that we saw yesterday. Bulaz, let's leave it there, my brother. And uh, I guess, uh, yeah, I see the president hasn't started yet. So before we let you go, I mean, uh, I, we know these votes are non-binding, right? Uh, that uh, even... If, uh, I guess, the decision uh, is uh, for less than 50% of uh, these votes to come through on behalf of the executives, that uh, there's still a possibility that they'll still be paid some of these COVID sort of cushions, if I can put it that way. Because it is a cushion. I mean, it's a cushion for the downside. <laughs> yes, it's, it's a very nice cushion if you can get it in the first place. Uh, but yes, <laughs> I, it's, 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 it's actually obnoxious to think that this is happening and nothing much is happening, uh, you know, is, is going to happen to these uh, remuneration committees because they're supposed to be, you know, the the guidepost or, you know, the protectors of shareholders when it comes to setting um, remuneration packages that, that are aligned. Um, Bulaz, 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 we get, Bulaz, sorry, my brother, man, we're getting a countdown because... It seems the first citizen <laughs> is ready to convene the family meeting. Take care, my brother. Always a pleasure, yeah? Thank you. Thank you very much. It was lovely to be here. San Bonan.